Hey guys, what's up? It is Clay. Today I want to talk about something that maybe doesn't get a lot of playtime in our culture, and that is this idea of emotional intimacy. And why I think maybe a lot of relationships, whether that be friendships or romantic relationships, are kind of weak in this area. And it's too bad because, in my opinion, it's kind of the cornerstone of a relationship. So I was watching this TED talk. He had asked the audience, as he was talking, um, you know, what is intimacy? And he was talking about how, in general, men were giving, you know, often different answers than the women. Men were often related intimacy to physical things or sexual things. And women were often going more to the emotional side of things. And when I heard that, I thought it was interesting because I think for me, when I think of intimacy, I think I'm more side with the women on that one. So something kind of funny that I've, I've always noticed, um, whenever I read like relationship type books or articles, like I read this one on how women react and how men react in relationships and what men really mean when they say this and how what women really mean when they say this. <clears throat> the really interesting thing about that article was I was the woman in that relationship. And it's actually come up a few times like that where often in these books and articles that are more geared towards women, I kind of relate with the women. And on top of that, it's funny, I actually had a friend say to me not too long ago, he's like, it almost seems like you're the woman in the relationship. It just because I value, you know, real, real value like emotional connection and understanding and like good communication. It's ironic that I get labeled as like the woman in the relationship. I have a feeling that men are especially screwed up in this area probably due to a whole bunch of cultural programming that, you know, keep your feelings inside, don't be vulnerable, be tough, be a man, you know, don't show your emotions, you know, don't cry, all these kinds of things. I mean, there's this kind of undertone with men that all that stuff makes you weak. So let me first kind of define what I think emotional intimacy even means. As I said, I think a lot of people don't even really know what that means. So in my opinion, emotional intimacy is kind of like that deep connection you have with a person. And it's more emotional rather than physical. And this could be with a friendship. It could be with a romantic partner. But I think the core of emotional intimacy is feeling accepted, feeling understood, knowing that you can be yourself, your whole self with a person. And they're going to kind of accept you for who you are. They're going to listen to you. You're going to feel almost like share a level of vulnerability. I think you can't really get into that state unless you're both vulnerable and you both share um, what is really going on inside of you, your innermost thoughts, your feelings, um, your ideas. And when you share these with another person and that person accepts them, understands you, that's a big thing because you know somebody could just listen to you and not understand you. These are all the things that I think define emotional intimacy. And in my opinion, it's kind of like the cornerstone of a good relationship. So in my opinion, a lot of the other things in a relationship, I think, build off the emotional intimacy. I think really good physical connection and sexual intimacy, in my opinion, is strengthened by a good emotional intimacy first. And I think it's kind of why, like, have you ever had this happen where it's almost like over time somebody gets better looking to you 
And other people, it's like you first meet them, they, they might be really attractive physically, but then as you get to know them, it's almost like they get less attractive and less desirable. And sometimes you meet a person and they might not even be that physically attractive to you. But as you get to know them and you sort of build that level of trust and emotional intimacy, it's almost like they become more attractive to you, more desirable. I think that comes back to this idea that emotional intimacy is kind of springs out into other things and actually can really enhance physical and sexual attraction. So one thing I like to do is I kind of like to talk to my friends, people I know, people in my life about their relationships. And sometimes people don't really want to talk to me about it because I'm always trying to kind of figure this out, right? If you've got bad connection with somebody, like how do you fix that? So in my opinion, the basis of good emotional intimacy is communication. If you can't communicate with a person, you're never going to get to a level where you feel accepted, understood, and trusted, and you trust that person. Without communication, you can't get there. You know, for the longest time I was trying to figure out with certain relationships in my life, like why I couldn't, like why do I never feel accepted? Like, why do I never feel understood? And I think, depending on your personality type, um, in my case, I think feeling understood is, like, vital. I think that's sort of a key part of a relationship for me. Um, understood and accepted. And that doesn't mean always agreeing with me, but accepted for my ideas. And that's a big one. And kind of this feeling like somebody's not going to abandon me just because, you know, maybe I said something wrong or said something they didn't like. What I've said before in the past to people is, I think with good communication, you can build emotional intimacy. But if you don't even have communication, like if you can't even understand each other to begin with, the first thing you have to do is work on your communication and actually get to a point where you can speak to each other. So it seems to me that a lot of marriages, a lot of romantic relationships, people don't really ever get to this the stage where, which is like deep emotional connection. And why is that? I've kind of wondered why that is. And I've been kind of like polling all the people I know, asking my friends, and it seems really common where, it's kind of tragic, I guess, where people almost feel like they can't be themselves with their romantic partner. They can't really say what they're thinking. And I, you know, I've experienced this in the past as well. So my personality is an INFJ, and like I said, I think one of the most important things for us, and I'm sure other personalities as well, is feeling understood and accepted. So emotional intimacy needs vulnerability, because without vulnerability, you can't really share yourself enough for the other person to even begin to accept you. You know, I've noticed that certain types of people are naturally vulnerable. They want to be vulnerable. I think that's, that's me. Like, I want to have certain key relationships in my life where I actually can be vulnerable. You know, I have to be able to trust a person before I get there. Other people, I've noticed, it's almost like they don't want to be vulnerable. So if you've watched any of my other videos um, about narcissists or toxic people, oftentimes these types of people, narcissists, actually one of their biggest fears is being vulnerable. So, you know, these types of people never want to be vulnerable. So it's really actually difficult or maybe almost impossible to really build a true emotional connection with somebody who won't be vulnerable. 
So another thing about being vulnerable is it kind of requires another person who is able to kind of be gracious with you and respect you enough to not ridicule you or you know, criticize you for your opinions. Like let's say you're a person that has a certain view on something and you say it and everybody just tells you you're crazy, that's so stupid, you're being dangerous or I kind of grew up in Christianity and I always had a lot of ideas and questions. A lot of my questions kind of run pretty deep. It's like you go to church and they say a bunch of things and I got, I got 20 questions. And I, I always thought it was funny how at the end they don't have a question and answer period. Um, like, why not? I got questions. And sometimes I would try to email my questions into people, the pastors. And anyway, I just kind of noticed it's not a very good environment for hard questions. And if you do ask questions to people, oftentimes they get really scared. A, maybe because they don't know how to answer them. But B, I think a, a good portion of people, they have their kind of, their beliefs. They don't really want to question them because questioning their beliefs almost feels a bit like blasphemy, if you know what I mean. It's sort of like, I will question all beliefs. I think that's really important because if you can't question your beliefs and almost kind of verify your beliefs of why you even believe something, then do you even believe it or are you just sort of adopting it from the community or from you know, other people that are sort of telling you what to believe? I think it's really important to kind of know what you believe. So that's one place I've kind of experienced this fear of vulnerability. People don't want to talk about that stuff in religious contexts, I've noticed. And then after a while, I don't want to talk about it either because if I do have some questions or talk about it, it's almost like people can start thinking like questions are of the devil or something. So the key to vulnerability is you first have to have a person that you can trust. Somebody that you can say your wildest thoughts, and they're not going to be freaked out and run away in the other opposite direction. A lot of people do that. So in my life, I think I've had a really hard time finding people like that. I have a couple people like that now. And it's interesting once you find somebody for the first time where you can truly be yourself without them judging you, that's a really amazing feeling. I haven't experienced that much in my life, and it's only been kind of lately that I've actually come to that place. Like, here's a person, and I know no matter what I say, you know, they might not agree with me, but they're not going to judge me, and they're going to accept me for who I am, and they're going to understand me. The first part of disagreeing with somebody is to actually understand them. And so this kind of raises the, the problem of with emotional intimacy, you kind of have to be on the same page to start, I think. Like you have to, it's almost like you got to have the same base common sense. I think maybe that's the problem with a lot of relationship breakdowns in our culture is people almost come to issues with different common sense. Like various religious contexts kind of have a base set of assumptions. And they often don't question those assumptions, right? And so if they come across somebody else who has a different set of base assumptions, say a different religion, or say like an atheist or something, it's almost like these people, they can't communicate. So I think maybe the first step to good emotional intimacy is to kind of be on the same page. But I don't even know if it's 100% required, because sometimes, you know, what if you change your beliefs or change your mind? You know, I, I would like to think that that doesn't mean the end of your relationships. All right, so I'm gonna to get to the point here now why I think a lot of relationships are in trouble. 
a lot of people aren't being completely honest with their partners, their romantic partners. There's this feeling like you can't really share all your thoughts, your desires, your ideas, because you might get in trouble. So one thing I've kind of noticed about culture, it's almost like there's this culturally acceptable jealousy that exists with relationships. And what it is, 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 what it is, is, is. And so this culturally acceptable jealousy looks like this. There's all these things that basically you can't really talk about because if you do, it's almost like culture treats it as a criticism to the other person. So for example, let's say man and woman are in a marriage relationship and a man notices another woman that he finds attractive. I would say this is probably you know, a completely natural thing. Um, and I personally feel that recognizing beauty is different than sexual attraction. I think those are two different things. And even then, sexual attraction is still different than kind of dwelling on that sexual, you know, attraction. I think a lot of culture gets really confused about this. So let's say a man says, wow, that woman's really attractive. I think a lot of men or women in that situation, it's almost like they feel some license to be upset. And that is because culture says, you are allowed to be jealous. You know, like what is love? Love is not jealousy. Love is not ownership. Love is not entitlement. Love is not controlling a person. And it's interesting because I have a feeling that our culture is kind of screwing up the word love to kind of mean jealousy, control, entitlement. So it's almost like people get into these relationships and feel like they deserve certain things and kind of expect their partner to act a certain way. All right, so now what happens if one person in a relationship has ideas or thoughts come into their head that now trigger one of these cultural jealousy topics? I think they're kept inside. But a lot of, and I know this is true with men especially, a lot of men do not share their weaknesses. They don't share what they're struggling with, uh, especially when it comes to like, sexual attraction and things like that, men do not share that type of stuff with the romantic partners. And I kind of wonder if this is kind of one of the main killers of intimacy because now you've kind of lost a piece of honesty. You can't even really be yourself. You can't say what you're thinking without being criticized or told that you're like a dirty man. So anyway, it's just something I've been kind of thinking like what what does that mean? Like, how do you get emotional intimacy? And I really feel like for a lot of relationships, it's maybe they're never going to get there. Maybe that's kind of a sad, depressing thing to say. But I think it really takes two people who aren't trying to control the other person. They're not trying to feel entitled. They're not feeling jealous. They're feeling secure that this person loves them and accepts them and understands them. So I think this is especially true with Christian men. I think Christian men especially, because I grew up in that and I kind of observed this a lot. Christian men are constantly being told what a, what a Christian man looks like. They don't have these thoughts and they don't think these things and they don't say this stuff and they don't do this stuff. And there's all these, there's this like whole list of, of do's and don'ts and and things that you're, you know, to, to have pure thoughts and all these things. And so I think a lot of men are walking around with this intense shame, um, guilt, 
inside for having certain desires and noticing certain things and being tempted with certain things. And they kind of walk around with this sort of this shame. And I have kind of noticed that a lot of Christian men are doing this. So they all do this together. They're not admitting anything to each other. So they're, they're not being vulnerable with each other. They're not being vulnerable with their wives. They're not being vulnerable with their romantic partners. Um, so it creates all this secrecy is what I've noticed. And that kind of just basically kills emotional intimacy, in my opinion, in their romantic relationships because they can't even be honest. And so, you know, it's something that I've experienced only kind of recently, being able to trust somebody with everything that I am, everything that I think, everything that I feel. And if you can actually get to a place where you have somebody like that, and it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It could be, you know, a good friend. I think that's really important. Almost a requirement for certain personalities like INFJ personality. I think it's almost a requirement to find somebody that understands you and accepts you on a deep level. You have to find that to feel some semblance of belonging in this world. Otherwise, you're just going to feel alone, misunderstood, and it can lead to all kinds of things. And I think a lot of depression in certain personalities like INFJs comes from just not feeling understood or accepted. Anyways, guys, that is the end of the video. I feel like I've been rambling for a bit here. Just a few ideas on emotional intimacy. I have another video I want to do that I'm going to be put a little bit more work into. And that's going to be called The Five Pillars of Relationship. And it's kind of this theory that I've come up with on... What is the perfect relationship? How do you even quantify what a good relationship is? Um, so there's these five pillars. One of the pillars, and I feel like maybe the most important pillar, is emotional intimacy. So that's kind of what I talked about today. It's like one of those five pillars. But I'm going to go into more of this in a future video. Anyway, thanks for watching. If you have questions or comments, please leave them below and I will try to read them and respond if you have any questions. Okay, thanks. Have a great day.